Welcome to the first podcast episode of What's a Christian Anyways, uh, where we are redefining uh, vocabulary for our faith. My name is Jason Chow, and I am not a pastor anymore. And my name is Kevin Lee, and I am still a pastor, re regrettably. <laughs> regrettably. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully through the course of this, we will come to some changes of heart. Uh, anyways, our format that we've decided upon is uh, that, at least right now, uh, each week we will have a word. Uh, we will introduce a word, and then we'll start off by uh, Kevin and I both defining what that word means to us. We will then have a discussion, and then at the end of it, we will uh, question. We will ask the question of whether or not we want to either one of us want to change or amend our definitions. Um, and so for today, the word that we decided to start with is a word that for me, oftentimes when I had to explain to somebody what it meant to be a Christian or why I was a Christian, I would always start in this place. And so the word that we're going to have start with today is truth. What is truth? All right. So Kevin, what is your definition? My definition of truth is God. Ooh, a one-word definition. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm starting off hot. We're starting that's, off. That's we're starting. All right. My definition of truth uh, is that which always is. So truth is that which always is. Um, all right. So let me dissect into yours first. All right, so by having a one-word definition, especially like in this modern day and age where the word God is very, very broadly used, I'd say it's like arguably one of the most broadly used words that we have in English. Why, what is your trepidation, or do you have trepidation, of using such a what I would argue is an ambiguous word. I don't think I have too many trepidations, um, mostly because that was the most succinct and narrow I could make my de definition. Mm -hmm. um, because wrestling with the implications of what truth is kind of made me more and more confused the further along down that road I went. Interesting. Right? And um, I think... Wait, wait, wait. No. Pastor, what, why, why, yeah. why was it confusing? Like, what is this road that is confusing? Well, you know, if you're thinking about truth, right? Um, well, if, if I look simply at your definition, right? That which always is. Um, then what statements are always true? Mm -hmm. you know, like, which statements are constantly or always true? And is truth a black and white thing or is there a range of truth, hmm. right? Like, is, is it a, like a spectrum of truth, right? So if I say it's raining outside, it might not be raining directly outside my house, uh -huh. but it could be raining outside somewhere. Hmm. So it's not necessarily untrue, but it's not true in the strictest sense of that truth, right? Um, so, even in right. the, even in like some kind of thought experiment where we have an empty box or some mm -hmm. kind of box, and mm -hmm. I say there is an animal in here. Yeah, Schrodinger's where, cat. Yeah, and then uh -huh. so it's like, does it exist? Is it true? Before or after I open the box? Like, and before I open the box, is it just an unknown quantity? 
right? Like, uh, especially if it's a term like, you know, animal or living being, right? Mm -hmm. There could be microbes in there. Uh -huh. Am I referring to the microbes or is there a living animal, right? Um, I feel like the nature of truth is kind of hard to pin down hmm. um, I, on one thing. Yeah. What I hear from you, and I think that mm -hmm. I do hear this a lot, so I, it's, it's really informative to hear it, is like you're arguing truth from a semantic point of view. Whereas right. I, I think mean, from a philosophical, from a philosophical right, point of view, whereas mm -hmm. I think for me, what I'm often coming at truth, where I come from truth as, because I didn't grow mm -hmm. up churched, I didn't grow up religious really at all. So I come mm -hmm. from at truth from a like scientific definition. So I remember mm -hmm. I was in, I was in a very progressive um, church, like small group one time. Uh, and I remember having a very, very, it was a lot of evangelicals. Um, it was a lot of people who had re de deconstructed, reconstructed, and mm -hmm. the pastor who was leading it mentioned that, you know, that the definition they found that most people adhered to was that truth was the thing we all agree on and that works for us. And everybody mm. in the circle like nodded, like that was a good definition. And I remember me mm. and this one other guy were like, mm. Wait, that's a that's a shitty definition. Like, that's a bad <laughs> definition, right? Like, because it's so subjective. It's so right. right. I think for me, like when you when I hear you talk um, about right, like the whole thing with it raining or et cetera, mm. a lot of that I feel like is semantic truth, right? It's mm. like I can twist the meaning of the words and therefore make something untrue, which nowadays in theolo theological conversations and political conversations, I feel like happens all the time, right? right? People aren't really arguing about the thing. They're arguing about the words we use to describe the thing. They're saying, well, you said mm -hmm. these words and it means this to me, so that must mean what you meant. Whereas mm -hmm. for me, I go at truth, that sci the scientific idea that there are facts, right? There are facts, there are things that are measurable and observable and, you know, um, that you can write down. And then there are mm -hmm. theories, which are how do we explain these facts and these things? And that the hardest thing in science to really ever get to is the idea of truth, right? And truth being, it doesn't matter what semantics you call it, right? Mm -hmm. Like atomic theory is probably truth, right? Like we understand now quant, like we're kind of accepting atomic truth, right? And it doesn't matter if you call it atoms, it doesn't matter if you call it something else, right? It doesn't matter what you call it. A carbon atom is always, behaves in a certain way and therefore to me that is truth. So mm -hmm. then when I think about your definition of truth being defined by God, Mm -hmm. For me, it's tricky, maybe even mm -hmm. like in a dangerous kind of way, because people's definition of God is mm -hmm. so, so varied. Right. And, and I think um, I understand that, too. It's one of the reasons why, um, as a pastor, that is my best answer, because mm -hmm. that's why I commit myself to the study of Scripture. Right. Um, that's why I believe like we need to be better about studying the Bible mm -hmm. um, and stop just accepting truth claims from the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, from the words that are there. Um, and also, you know, 
part of Bible study is semantic study and mm -hmm. research. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that is also what kind of contributes to that. Um, I do have a question about, about your current definition. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean that your truth can only exist from in the world of physics? Because I'm not really sure what other science sciences would have something more absolute. I don't think it exists only in the realm of physics. So for instance, like in mm -hmm. psychology, right? Like okay. me being, me having depression, right? Like, or me having whatever, you know, we call this thing ADHD. It, okay. Is that a physics thing, right? Like, I mean, but that's- But is it true? Right, because the definitions of that have changed over time. Yeah, right? yeah. We now know them to be neurological, you know, differences and divergences, but they were known as disorders even a few years ago. Yes. So I, I would say then that if I were to have that conversation, I would often feel like I would qualify my phrase. You know, when people are like, uh -huh. oh, like live your truth. This is my truth. I think it's like, <laughs> yeah. for me, it's like my circumstantial truth, right? Uh -huh. Like that is a circumstantial truth because I am like, I am sad, right? When my kids say mm -hmm. I am sad, mm -hmm. I don't get to tell them, no, you're not, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Like right. it is a truth that they are in this moment sad and they are the best observers of that truth. It would be like right now, you know, we are not in the same place, right? If I told you that there was a possum walking in my backyard, right? Mm -hmm. You could question that, but there is a truth of whether or not there is a possum there, right? Like it is not an art, like there's not like a, it could be true. It's like, no, 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 it either is true or it isn't. There's a possum in my, my, my backyard, but because I'm the only one that sees it, I think with emotions, that's how I would use that definition of truth. What if you say there isn't a possum, but there is one? There You're is, just not aware of it. But then there's still a truth, right? Like I'm lying, right? Well, no, like I'm I'm talking circumstantially. Like you don't see the possum. It's not visible to your eyes, but you say there is no possum. I don't see one out there, right? Yeah, then I'm wrong. So then it's not <laughs> true, right? Because to me, like that's the that's the argument where I think a lot of people where they're like, you know, Oh, like you get to believe in God, but I don't believe in God. And so, right, we can just believe what we want. And I'm like, I don't refute the fact that we can believe what we want, but uh -huh. we can't both be right, <laughs> right? Mm. Like it can't, like there's a famous uh, line from Lecrae, if, if y'all don't know what Lecrae is, um, he's a Christian rapper who has been basically excommunicated from the evangelical <laughs> circles because he says, oh, racism still exists, <laughs> right? Like, um, but a long time ago, he had a, he, he had a bar that was just like, if, if what's true for you is true for you, then, and my truth says yours is a lie, is it still true, right? So to me, I think it's this realm of saying that truth is a thing that exists. It is reality, right? Like, and it exists whether or not we believe it, whether or not we observe it, whether or not we understand it, right? Like, when we think about the things of, of history, like paleontology, right? Like, dinosaurs either existed or they didn't, 
It's not a quite like, and whether you believe they existed or they didn't doesn't change the fact that they existed or they didn't. And for me, that's why that as a starting point is so important. Because I don't know if you have this, if you if you've experienced this, but you know, a lot of my years doing ministry. Um, there was always this answer that people would bring up when they didn't want to listen anymore, right? When mm -hmm. they don't want to listen anymore and they don't want to have their beliefs challenged anymore, they will say, well, I believe this and you mm -hmm. can believe that. And then that, that's mm -hmm. their code for I don't want to have any more discussion, which, right. you know, and I respect that people sometimes don't want to have more discussion. But to me, it's this really frustrating thing because that's not a satisfactory place to end, right? Mm -hmm. Where you say, hey, we disagree on this huge issue and you get to believe what you want and I get to believe what I want. Then to me, I think that rift, you, you don't, at some point it will cause disaster, right? Mm. Um, the example I, I use is, um, did you know that in uh, Stalin's Russia, so when Stalin was trying to make a, a nuclear bomb because the U.S. Mm -hmm. had used it, that mm -hmm. he told his scientists that because Einstein was a Jew, that they weren't allowed to use Einsteinian physics. They had to invent their own <laughs> Russian physics. And the scientists were like, that's not how physics works, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like there isn't Jewish physics. And like, to me, I think like that's, one of the things that's weird for me now mm -hmm. in the conversations I have about God is I'll mm -hmm. realize that there are people who really see religion as like preference. Like, do you like Star Wars or Marvel? Like, do you want to <laughs> follow Jesus or Mohammed, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, 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 no. Shouldn't religion be if God exists, right, mm -hmm. then it's the same God, <laughs> right? It's right. the same God that there always has been, that there always will be. It's the same God for all of us. So mm -hmm. shouldn't that be the mentality as we talk about God? Whereas for mm -hmm. me, I think the danger of saying, and because I've heard, right, like from evangelicals, from conservatives, right? Well, God is the mm -hmm. truth. So then they can spew whatever BS they want, right? Mm -hmm. Anti-vaxxer, flat earther, mm -hmm. right? Like, and they'll be like, but the word of God says it and God is truth. So mm -hmm. how do you counteract that misuse of your definition? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good question. And um, I think that one of the ways that I, I kind of balance out the way that I, you know, use, use God as uh -huh. truth is that I think in many ways, I believe that there are a lot of things about God that are unknowable. Um, and the, you know, my journey as a pastor, as a scholar of scripture is to try to figure out the stuff that is knowable, right? Um, that I believe is noble, um, uh, knowable, not uh -huh. noble. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And I think that um, what a lot of a lot of those people that are kind of misusing that definition, what happens is they are kind of applying uh, definitions and dogmas in ways that um, I don't think were intended for the purpose and also in ways that are inappropriate for their context. Um, so for example, mm -hmm. using a scripture to say, you know, don't get vaccinated seems a little weird to me because scripture doesn't talk about vaccination. Right. They didn't have anything call anything close to vaccinations back in the day 
So how would we make that case? Right. That's a little difficult for me. Um, that's a huge jump in, in logic for me. Um, and I get that, in, you know, in, in, at the end of the day, there is a level of subjectivity to, to a lot of this, right? Um, but I would argue that it's the same with your definition. Um, I think mm -hmm. that that's why I kind of brought up other sciences, right? Yeah. It's like our own perception is also very questionable, right? Um, a person, I, I heard this from a, mm -hmm. uh, a YouTuber, but, um, you know, he's a science YouTuber and I tend to huh. tend to like those channels. Um, but... He, he said that uh, when someone sees blue, it is probably not the same blue that you see. Right. Right. It's not really the the exact same color. And for people who are colorblind or are missing, you know, certain right. tones in their eyes, um, they are not seeing that blue at all. Right. Like, right. Um, and so it's like that reality of perce perception of reality can shift depending on, you know, your understanding of yourself, your, right. your understanding of your environment. Um, and I don't think that there's necessarily one absolutely true thing underlying all of that, right? Because then who's to say what is true blue, right? What is real blue? Wait, but I, I would argue that changes, from a scientific right? point of view, there is a truth underlying that, right? But the even truth, in the scientific, right? So the, even in the scientific, because the truth, view, right? the truth is that there is a photon of light that is, and that photon of light is from a range, right? So which one is true blue? You, you know, you can't just be like, oh, all of them in this range are all true blue because they're all different colors. Yes, arguably with color, I would say. But then if you said this photon of light is 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 at a I don't even know how light is measured, to be honest. Right. But is mm -hmm. right. Like at a 44, whatever hertz frequency. Right. Mm -hmm. It is it is it is. It is go. It is cresting and whatever you know that sinusoidal wave, right? At a certain numerical value, right? Mm. To me, that is that is the truth, right? Now, whether you see it and give it the word as blue, right? That is a semantic truth that you can debate. But if you say there is no photon, or there, it, it is, it is, it is going at a different frequency than it is actually doing, then that is not true, right? That is a false statement. And I think with God, it being the same way, right? Like that there, if there is God and God is moving and active, it is independent of your perception. You can call it incorrectly, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not still there. Whereas mm -hmm. then if truth is God, does my, how then do I check that my understanding of God is true? That beats me, man. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to figure that out myself, right? Like, oh. in my own study of scripture. Right. Um, I think I think the, the point that I'm trying to make is that I think the human perception is already so subjective uh, in some sense, uh, even with your like emotional right. example you used earlier. If your only word for that feeling is sad, right, you're going to express it as sad. Yeah. But the the truth could be different, right? right. The like, truth could be different. It it could be a different uh, related emotion to sadness. Right. It could be you know anxiety. It could be um, 
some kind of you know just depression yeah right? and and those are not the same as sad and and, and i get that the right. semantics which, is, which is changing it right yeah um but what i'm trying to say is that i don't think it's so rigid to 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 you know at, like human emotion is so rigid that we can only define it a single word right, right. well the, to the, me it's this idea right. that there is like like right now, like on the back mm. of your wall, right, is white. But you could also call it cream. You could call it eggshell, right? Like, and the idea is that you can infinitely differentiate. Like there is an infinite number of colors because technically, even physics-wise, right? You can have an right. infinite number of frequencies as long as you're measuring smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller changes. Right. But that doesn't mean that it's not still one thing. Like the, like the, the square millimeter of the wall behind you is reflecting light at a certain frequency, right? Like that is what it is doing regardless of whether we can see it or not. Um, and I wanted to go back a little bit because there's this question, right? When you say mm -hmm. that like God, that there is always something that we will not know about God, is that mm -hmm. a singular thing? Like, is it a, 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 so for me, the beauty of the quote unquote mystery of God, the fact that people mm -hmm. will say, we'll never fully understand, to mm -hmm. me is the same joy as physics, right? Like, right. We will never fully understand our universe because right. every time we understand something, we actually have two more questions, right? Right. But right. It, but when we but when I think what happens is when if I say we can never understand our universe, it doesn't mean we don't understand a hell of a lot of our universe. Like right. yeah. our computers are working, our you know, the lights like Light, we have electric lights, right? Like mm -hmm. the insanity of that, right? Like why? Right, right. Because physics works. And this light bulb, the physics of this light bulb would have worked 2000 years ago if the people had known about it, but they didn't, mm -hmm. right? right? But it didn't mean that we invented the physics that make, but we discovered it, right? right? So to me, the joy of an infinitely unknowable God is that simultaneously, Everything about God is knowable. At some point, right. it's knowable. The same way we could reach these nebulas and right galaxies that we now know exist light. We could reach it. We don't know mm -hmm. how. We don't know. We don't have the tools for it yet, but we mm -hmm. know it's possible, right? Right. To me, that's the beauty of God, which is there is an infinite amount of truth to be known in God. And the joy, the potential joy for me of heaven is being able to continue to discover that, right? Infinitely right. No. discover more and more truth. Yeah, fully, fully agree with you that. You know, I, I, the way I would describe it is probably using math. Mm -hmm. You know, you're approaching infinity, right? Yeah. You'll never really get there, but the limit, it, you know, like you're, you, you could, you could get really close, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like to the point where we can notate it as, as such, right? Um, so I think it's the same way. Like I kind of mm -hmm. look at God the same way. He is this infinite creator, God who has left behind this really weird text um, and he is simultaneously knowable and unreachable. So then um, and yeah, when you have this definition, right, mm -hmm. in your definition, so when we apply it to religious things, like when you say the Bible is true, like when you say I believe the Bible is true, 
What I don't say that. that. Oh. Yeah. So to me... I generally say the Bible contains truth or truths. Yes. And I think we have different mm -hmm. semantics of saying the same thing. Because for me, mm -hmm. the joy of the Bible being true is that mm -hmm. there was this person named David. Things happened to him, right? He told people these things. Some of them got written down. And then those things that got written down got copied. And then they got translated. And then blah, 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 blah. Now we have this ESV translation of a translation of uh, a, you know, why, like... Why'd you use ESV? I don't uh, know. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Dude, I remember when ESV came out and all my friends were like, it's the best, it's the best. <laughs> I'm just like, oh. Okay. I, just, I was I was one of those people. Yeah. It, I, so like, I think to me, like, that's the thing where I find so many churchgoers will say, oh, I believe the word of God. And then I'm like, Okay, well, then do you believe that there was a worldwide catastrophic flood and this guy named Noah built a boat, right? Like, and they'll be like, ah, <laughs> right? Like, so to me, the Bible being true is that if God exists, then God has orchestrated the preservation of these artifacts, right? Like, and I think the Bible is not exclusive in that category. It's just one of the older ones in that category, right? Like, um, so then for you, how do you, when you say if, if truth is God and God is truth, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, you, how does that get utilized in your worldview? I think the way I I look at the world is I always try to look at it through the perspective that I believe God would want me to have. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and it, I try to draw that from what I believe to be the character of God, um, at least from my study of Scripture. Right. Um, I mean, I'm very careful with my words, right? Like, I'm, I'm not making any truth claims. I'm right. not saying this or that about about who he is or whatever. Um, and I don't want to get there right now in our first, yeah. first episode. Yeah, there's a um, lot of semantics we need to cover before we get there. Right, like a lot yeah. of ground. Um, and so to me, I think the way that I need to see the world, right, um, is the way that God sees the world. And the way that I want to see the world is the way that God sees this world. Uh -huh. um, and I think that... You know, these other examples that you're drawing from science and things like that, too. I think these are just examples of human beings trying to make sense of the beautiful, you know, organized, created world that God has constructed for us. And so, you know, I don't deny them as truth um, just because they're not in the Bible. Right. I think it's more like I think they're subsidiary truths of the truth. Oh, right? wait, what is like they are they are subservient to the truth. Right, because if you're if you're if you believe the Bible to be true and you believe that God raised a person from the dead, right, right, like you already believe you have to believe that He is outside those rules, right, and those laws. So I was having this conversation with my wife, and mm -hmm. and this may be you know for a future, right? Like to me, it is mm -hmm. God not being outside of those. It's not God doesn't break the like. Interesting. 
I and and it, it's very because for Hannah, she's in this interesting place where she's like, what a miracle is God, like orchestrating such an incredible act of physical coincidence that mm. it is perceived as a miracle, but is entirely within the realms of physics, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. she doesn't fully understand how it is, and I totally understand that. Like, because I mean, there's like I've heard the arguments of like the Sodom and Gomorrah was a volcano, right? Like, um, <laughs> oh, you know that like mm. like parting of the Red Sea was like a freak tsunami, like tsunami wave or something, right? Like, I've heard those arguments, mm. and I can't refute them, right? Like, they are physically possible. To me, the 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 and it's it's strange i am in such pursuit of this scientific rigid, rigid truth and yet mm -hmm. my faith in god is that god being the undergirder of those those laws can break them without breaking them right the same way that we create an atomic bomb that did this thing that, mm -hmm. you know, for most of human history would have been argued as impossible, right? Mm -hmm. But we had the tools to do it and to break an atom, right? Like, you know, like this thing that seems impossible. To mm -hmm. me, that is the infinite, that omnipotence of God is not just that he can wield the laws of physics in any way possible, but that mm. God knows the laws of physics and holds them up and has the tools to also break them. Mm -hmm. Which has to be possible, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's like the, the simulation theory, right? Like, it, 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 you can't say it is impossible. And if it is right. possible to conceive of, then it must be possible to exist. And to me, yeah. then the space for that truth is, well, that's God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can't say whether you're right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, um, man, am I going to do this on the first episode? <laughs> yeah. We can pull back. It. I mean, I also think no one's going to listen to it. So, you, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can cut this out if you think it's too hot for the first one. Um, this is a very spicy take. I actually believe most of the Old Testament stuff is probably, probably a metaphor. Oh, wait, where, where? Um, most of the Pentateuch. Okay. Because I would argue like Chronicles, right? Like most of Chronicles, like by that time we're getting in kind of the like. Yeah, I, I think, it, you know, the oral history at that point is probably a little bit more, you know, condensed, but yeah. I also think even in those places, there's some nuance there. Yeah. Some of it is not so fully true. The question <laughs> the though that, is yeah, yeah. for me, are they metaphors of real events or are they Could metaphors be. of human, right? Right. Are they fantasy? Right. No. So, so I'm not, I'm not landing anywhere there yeah. for that because like, I don't know. Um, I think it's very possible they right. could be metaphors of true events. I, I think it could be possible they did happen, right? That, right? that they happened exactly the way it's laid out. I think it's unlikely, but I think it's possible. 
Um, I'm not ruling that out as one of the possible truths. I'm just talking about what yeah. I personally yeah, yeah. believe yeah. or perceive about about it. Um, yeah. Well, so for like, our listeners, in case you cannot tell, both Kevin and I share a very fond way of talking about these things, which is let's tell you as many options as possible, right? Because we do not know, right? Like, yeah, yeah we have, no, we idea. have no idea. We are just articulating many, many options and saying which one we find to be the most conducive. Compelling. Yeah, yeah, compelling is a good word, right? Yeah. Like, because sometimes it's not even likely. I'm, yeah, because it's like, I think if you're looking at all the holy books in the right. world, right? Why the Bible? I just find it really compelling. I think the character of Jesus is incredibly, like, unique. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and, you know, all those atheists and people who are like, oh, you know, like, Horus right. revived or resurrected. I'm like, it's really not the same. If you read okay. that mythology, it's so different. And then I, jumping, yeah. and this may be jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, I guess mm -hmm. that's how it goes. Like, when Jesus says he is the truth, right? Mm -hmm. then oh, here we go. Yeah. What does that mean? I take it into context with the rest of that phrase. Right. Which is that he the is truth, the truth the way. and the way and the life. Uh -huh. um, and to me, I believe that the only true way to live as a human being is the way that Jesus lived. I think for human beings to be fully human, they need to be living as closely to Jesus as possible. Yeah, we're gonna have to revisit this when we get to. Uh, I mean, that, that, yeah, that well, is how I interpret that. Verse. I, that is I, how I yeah, that at some point we're gonna get to like penal substitution, and then oh god, <laughs> yeah, but I, but we are not gonna start there. Okay, okay. I'm simultaneously right. looking forward to and not looking forward to that episode. <laughs> okay, all right. I think we're at about the thirty minute mark, so let's go. All right, do we change our definitions? I think I would add yours to mine. I think like, I, would, I just combined it to, like. My, my like truth is God and that which always right. is so, and was and will be. Because so God not, is that which... Yeah, that's to me, like, that's that's the, the, one of the most powerful statements is the, like, the Alpha and Omega statement, right? Right. Like, right. for, for because it's not in a lot of religions, right? Like, mm -hmm. a, a lot of religions are like, this God was born and was powerful or this right. God, right, was created and it was powerful. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those, therefore, they have the, like, this God could end, right? Like, right. you know, Ganesh chopping they, they, off, right? They like, end each other. Yeah, right? they like, end they each other, right? Like chopping off heads and stuff like that. Um, to me, it's interesting because oftentimes my second one, like if I do the first week, my first week was this conversation about truth. My second week will be this, let's define God. And we can still do that next week. I think it's still a valuable one. Um, but I think that it is interesting that you are starting with God. Mm -hmm. And that may be a reflection of kind of like our, the, the different upbringings that we had, right? Like you right. grew up in a religious right environment. I grew up very much non-religious. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I I think I would hold my definition, but then be more excited to have the conversation next week when we talk about right. Let's define God. Yeah, 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 
Yeah, but truth, yeah, for me, that which always is, right? It was, and I, and I'll say like, I think on a personal level, and we kind of wrap with this just on a personal level, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, in my process, am, it's been really hard uh, coming out late in life, and I've understood that this is kind of a common thread, because I look back on all this time where I'm like, I was closeting myself from myself, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I did all these things and I had all these feelings and I like, and all of a sudden it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And it was very jarring because there were a lot of periods, I think, where I felt like I lost God, you know, mm -hmm. like even I was like praying in the grocery store the other day and I was like, I kind of miss you. How, like, but not the version of you that I once was holding to, right? Mm -hmm. That hated this part of me and that like condemned it and and was upholding my closetingness. But I think I still land at this place where the comfort is that if God is truth, that if truth exists, mm -hmm. then it has always existed, right? Like, mm -hmm. I was always queer. I will always be queer, right? Like, mm -hmm. and that is part of who I am. But at the same time, then, God has existed, does exist, will exist. And that is also a part of who I am. Um, and the permanence of that, and it's also, you know, even in doing this podcast, it's kind of what I'm stepping out in faith in, of mm -hmm. like, I'm worried, right? Like, I'm legit worried, right? Like, what if it's not true, right? Like, what if Jesus isn't God? What if he's not real? What if he wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, like all those things. And I have a lot of answers for them, but a mm -hmm. lot of them are answers learned in a particular culture and context that mm -hmm. ha has since cast me out, right? Mm -hmm. And like, okay, but the same way that I have faith that if I went into physics, right, mm -hmm. that atomic theory, velocity, air resistance, all these things, right, they're still true, right? Mm -hmm. Even in the world of quantum physics, even in the world of, right, like, it's not like we're going to discover something about quantum physics that all of a sudden will make every atom in the universe dissolve, right? Like... Whatever, maybe not dissolve, but it could change. <laughs> it the could way explode. We look at it. Yeah, it could change it the, could way, change we the look, way we look. At it, it could change yeah. the way we look at it, but it wouldn't mm -hmm. change the fact that it was always that way, right? I see. And to me, that's the encouragement of going back in this journey of redefining and rearticulating my faith. Is I hope that the things that always were will always be. And that mm -hmm. it will give me the strength and the courage to shake away the things that only circumstantially were true. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea why you invited a pastor into this journey, but uh, <laughs> I'm excited to do it with you, man. Because <laughs> it's just, it's just a title, you know. Like that's the weird it's thing true. where I remember when I first became a pastor, and really wrestling with what that meant. And I think at the time I was like, it was a title that was allowing me to do the things that I felt called to do. 
I wasn't a pastor because I was a pastor. I needed to be a pastor or anything like that. I was a pastor mm -hmm. because I needed to be able to call up a 16-year-old high school kid and say, <laughs> let's go get Taco Bell, <laughs> right? And tell mm -hmm. me about your life, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I'm not just some creepy 28-year-old, right? Like youth pastor, right? Or youth, like some guy, right? Like the title was, right? It was an understanding. I think it was, it was, because now the weird the weird thing is I'm in so many circles where I'll be honest, I'm hesitant to say that I was a pastor because mm. I know they're gonna think a certain thing that isn't the same thing I think. And you know what's really mm. strange? Like I'm sure you've had this where you hang out in like non-Asian circles and mm -hmm. there'll be people who are pastors in Asian, in Asian churches or maybe I'll just speak from our context, Korean American churches. There are people that would be called pastors in Korean American churches that would never be called pastor in a white church or a black church, right? Mm, the person who does like the person who does something. the sound, right? Mm -hmm. Like the front office manager, right? Like you don't need right. pastors for those positions. And right. yet in Korean American churches, you have to be a pastor to take that position. Mm -hmm. And so to me it was this understanding that I mean, kind of what we're doing with this whole podcast series is um I come at logic from a Euclidean mentality, right? Mm -hmm. So it was actually geometry was the first class I believed in God, right? Where I was oh. like, wait, if all you do, like, cause Euclid was like, if you define a circle mm -hmm. and a mm -hmm. straight line, then you can figure out all the rest of these things. And the only <laughs> way to refute Euclidean geometry is to somehow refute the definition of a circle and a straight line. And that's the beauty of Euclidean geometry, which is you can do that. Like flat earthlers do it all the time, right? You can do it, but mm -hmm. it's stupid, right? A line is a line, a circle is a circle, right? Like, and I think to me, a lot of it is realizing after getting excommunicated, realizing in talking with other ex-evangelicals, we don't have the same definitions for these core words. Mm -hmm. If we don't have the same definitions for truth, for God, for sin, mm -hmm. that is where we can misunderstand and misuse at nauseum. Like, and that's, I mm -hmm. think, the big problem, right, um, that I see. And I think the, 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 the core way, it may not be the best way, it might not be the most efficient way, but at least for me, the core way is we have to talk existentially about the very definitions of these words that we're using, right? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, as a, as a pastor, I agree because I see that same problem in current evangelicals. Mm. They don't know what these words mean. Yeah. They, they, these are abstract concepts that are just vague or nebulous mm -hmm. or like so abstractly defined that they are meaningless to everyday life. Yeah. To me, that is a problem. Because if it doesn't intersect with your life, then it's useless. Yeah. Why Why believe in it at all? Yeah. It, it needs to somehow be affected in your present life. Yeah. And if it isn't, then you don't believe it. You mm. just happen to think about it. Yeah. 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 And I think then the, there is a fear of defining these words. Because right. like one thing I always say with truth, and we can wrap with this, right, is... The problem with truth is it always has to be true, <laughs> right? Like right. 
if it's true, right, that blank people are sinners, then that mm -hmm. always has to be true, right? Mm -hmm. If it's true that God doesn't ever allow this thing, then it has to always has to be, be true. true. It mm -hmm. can't just be true right now, 2023, Los Angeles, mm -hmm. America in English, right? It has to be true throughout all time, throughout all places, throughout all people. And having that bar is really high. You know, we, we talked at the beginning when we set this up about how, you know, we are trying to talk to our kids about faith and your kids are young and my kids are now getting their tweens, um, their preteen ages. And one of the things that really helped me when um, my daughter, oldest daughter first started like about like second or third grade, cause she was starting to have a lot of conflict with her friends. We talked about the difference between something being cultural and universal, right? Mm -hmm. And when I explained like, something to be universal, if you say always, then that has to be true every time, every place. For somebody 3,000 years ago, for someone on an island in, you know, the Polynesia, a Polynesian island, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it has to be true for somebody 5,000 years in the future, right? Who's right. living on Io, right? Or mm -hmm. another galaxy, right? Like. Right. For something to be true always, that's the bar. And she was like, oh, that's not a lot of things. And I was like, yeah, right? And everything right. else can be culturally, culturally true, but then it's only right. culturally true. Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the reasons why the Apostles' Creed is so short. <laughs> I never tied it to that, but... Yeah. It has to be true, right? Yeah. Like, so they just put together the stuff that has to be true. Yeah. And then just said everything else, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. You, do you notice there's nothing even about the Old Testament in most of the Apostles' Creed? Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Although I, oh. Because to me, I feel like the Apostles' Creed, in a way, is... The summation, it's like how like we are, you know, like there are people who are like, Jesus is in the Old Testament. And I'm like, Jesus not being in the Old Testament is kind of how like Luke Skywalker is not in the prequels, <laughs> right? right? Like he is very much in the prequels, right? It's like, the way that the prequels yeah, are right? like, leading up to it. Yeah, just because it is absent of, right, the name or the character doesn't mean it's not still there. Um, right. All right, anyways. Uh, yeah, this is fun. Do you want to do God next to define? You have to have a Ooh. definition for what is capital God? G God. Let's do it. All right. I'm down. That'll be next week. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in, whoever did, to our first episode of What's a Christian Anyways. I'm Jason, and I hope you have an existentially enlightening week. Or month. I don't even know how how many uh, we haven't even figured out our schedule. So yeah, whatever we'll, day, we'll you, that. Yeah, whatever day. That's my, my yeah. that is my desire for you, dear listener. Amen. <laughs>